Hi there, and welcome along to the JersNet podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers show made by fans for fans, where all of our content is always free. And as we all know by now, it's not just the podcast that we have here at JersNet, but if you head over to our website at www.jersnet.co.uk, there's a whole host of really great content there, including friendly discussion forums, match previews and reviews, loads of articles, a really informative history archive as well. So please do head over to the website and check that out. We're coming to you live. It's just gone nine o'clock. Here uh, on Wednesday, the 23rd of February. If you are joining us live on the Jersnet YouTube stream, thank you as always for giving up your time. Let us know your thoughts, your questions, your comments. We'll get to as many of those as we possibly can. We're here to look ahead to tomorrow night's game. Uh, massive, massive tie at Ibrox, uh, the second leg of the Europa League playoff round against the German Giants of Borussia Dortmund. Um, we've got Gary Valentine joining us from the, uh, the cache of, of, of regular Jersnet guests. Gary, how are you this evening? Not bad. Uh, isolating through COVID at the moment, but other than that, dear me, you feeling okay? I'm, I'm fine. Just uh, yeah. the wife wasn't, but she's not a booster. But getting there, just a bit boring. Good. A bit boring. Well, at least tomorrow night there'll be something to uh, to take your mind off the board. That's very true. That's it. Uh, um, I'm also I'm really really delighted, and we're very fortunate to be joined this evening by uh, a, a wonderful guest tuning in from from Germany. It's Ben McFadden. Ben joins us. Um, let me just make sure I get this correct. Ben joins us as the president of the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London and the host of uh, the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London podcast as well. So no stranger to, to sending out podcasts. Ben, thank you so much for, for giving us the, the time this evening and the, the benefit of your insight. And the first thing I want to ask is, where did you get the introduction, the music for the intro of your podcast? Because it is quite simply the greatest intro to any podcast I have ever heard. It's, it's wonderful. Thanks a lot. No, thanks, lads. Good to be on the show with you and um, yeah, good to be previewing such an exciting Europa League match for Borussia Dortmund uh, as well. And um, that's uh, Baron van Borsig. Uh, it's a local uh, musician in Dortmund who basically um, plays uh, a lot of songs relating to the club and is very inspired by the club and so on. And uh, yeah, we were um, organising a, a big public viewing in 2013, which is like a big screening of the Champions League final. And Baron von Borsig was one of the acts that we had um, made inquiries of. And uh, then we, a couple of years later, we started the podcast and we asked, could we have him on? Uh, could we have his, uh, his, his biggest track as our podcast song? So yeah, we've got that, uh, we've got that very uh, warm, warm BVB song at the beginning of our podcast. There we go. Excellent stuff. Well, look, it's, uh, I think we go back a couple of months to when the, the draw for this playoff round, slightly odd playoff round, where we came second in our Europa League group. Obviously, Dortmund dropped down from the Champions League. Um, and Gary, I don't know how you felt when the, when the balls were pulled out of the tubs and it said Rangers and Dortmund. It was one of those moments for me of going, this is simultaneously the best and the worst draw we could have got. Um, it's a massive club. Uh, and a club that uh, we, we did a show last week previewing the first leg and we looked a little bit at the history between Rangers and Dortmund. And um, I think tomorrow I'm right in saying we'll be the 10th time that we've faced each other competitively. It's, uh, there's, there's a lot of history there, but at the same time, it's a hard draw. And we, we all kind of went into this with a lot of trepidation. Fast forward to where we are today and, uh, and that's a, for us a staggering and stunning result um, over in over in Dortmund last Thursday puts us um, 90 minutes away for, from Rangers qualifying for the last 16 of the Europa League for the third season in a row um, it also uh, would probably represent or certainly represent the biggest uh, sort of scalp for Rangers on the European front for, for well over a decade um, so Ben we'll kind of jump straight into 
the, the the reaction, I suppose, from from the Dortmund perspective to the result last week. Do you think that there's any uh, validity to the claims that Dortmund may have underestimated Rangers going into that tie six days ago? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're absolutely right that um, Rangers have got the edge in terms of the historical um, wins over Dortmund. Um, and um, that certainly does give you some confidence, I think, going into the game. Um, I wouldn't say that um, Dortmund had underestimated Rangers, but I would say that Dortmund, unfortunately, are playing a fairly inconsistent season where you just don't know from one week to the next which Dortmund team is going to turn out. And that's mostly due to the back line. Um, basically, the men around Mats Hummels, who himself is obviously a World Cup winner in 2014 and massive Germany international player, really respected in the, in the dressing room, vice captain and so on. But um, basically, I mean, if you look, for example, the lineup tomorrow, you've got a couple of players that are playing out of position. And um, essentially, that's just to do with the fact that there isn't that much on the bench right now. So I don't think that Dortmund basically went into the game underestimating Rangers. I just think that Rangers, uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst, Dutch um, uh, coach, basically worked out the strategy, uh, having watched the games where Dortmund basically have been under enormous pressure uh, and have conceded a lot of goals and essentially just got it absolutely spot on. So Dortmund put on their best performance, but ultimately um, Rangers' strategy was just exactly right, was just to put them under enormous pressure. And um, as a BVB fan myself, obviously, it was quite a disappointing night. No, of course. And it's it's funny, we were saying just before we came on air that we previewed the game uh, last Wednesday uh, talking about how Rangers will need to sit back and be uh, compact and soak up pressure and try and hit on the counter and it, it was just the complete opposite of, of what we actually did and, and you're absolutely right that Van Bronckhorst and his team had done their homework, they, they understood I think the frailties in, in that Dortmund defence, let's be absolutely clear, there's frailties in the Rangers defence as well, um, arguably we've got two fullbacks who are better going forward than they are defending um, we played a, a chap called Calvin Bassey at centre half last week who is young, inexperienced. He's, he's a left back by by trade and he's kind of moved into centre half to, to cover injuries. Um, so it's, it was one where we could be exploited, still could be exploited tomorrow. But um, that, that two goal advantage, I think, is is crucial for us. I mean, you mentioned Ben the the potential lineup there and players playing out of position. I think naturally. For us, as uh, not as supporters of Dortmund, there is one key player that we all had our eye on, a certain um, a certain Scandinavian forward. Uh, and we understand that Mr. Howland has not travelled to, to Glasgow with the team. Um, it's good news for us, clearly. What, what kind of an impact do you think that that has on, on the game tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, Dortmund are incredibly reliant on Erling Haaland uh, over the last two seasons since he joined from RB Salzburg. Um, <laughs> and basically... Um, it's very difficult to compensate for a guy who basically scores um, 30% of your goals. Um, and um, essentially the forwards that they uh, have brought in, uh, Daniel Marlin from PSV Eindhoven, who scored 21 goals for PSV last season in the league. Um, they brought him in for uh, a club record, 30 million, uh, which is not much compared to, let's say, the kind of money that Bayern spent, uh, spends, but um, it is a lot for, um, for, for Dortmund. And um, essentially, he's only scored um, four goals so far this season. 
um, which is deeply disappointing. But I think that Daniel Marlon basically deserves a bit of time to kind of work out the Bundesliga for himself. Um, the other guy that came up from the uh, under-19s is um, uh, Cameroon, Cameroonian German um, uh, Yusuf Amokoku, who scored 331 goals uh, at youth level and under-19 level, um, including some matches for the under-23s. And, you know, he's only 17 years old. He's an astonishing, astonishing uh, striker. Um, but he somehow has had quite a lot of injuries and also hasn't really fitted in the nine games that he's played for the first team. He's only scored one goal. So essentially, without in any way disrespecting my, my own club, the club I support, um, you know, we look relatively toothless without um, Erling Haaland, unfortunately. Um, but Yusuf Omokoku and Marlon both scored against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach this week in the 6-0 uh, win. So um, at the end of the day, um, one can only hope um, that uh, with Marlon co coming on straight away uh, in, the, in, the, in the lineup, if it turns out to be what's predicted, um, basically, um, you know, he, he looks he looks quite good on the ball, but he just hasn't been scoring goals. So, I mean, it just depends which Marlon turns up. But I would sound a note of caution. Um, players like Jude Bellingham, um, particularly from outside the box, long range shots, and also Marco Royce, um, who got uh, two goals on, on, on Sunday, are more than capable of uh, scoring goals, um, as is Rafa Guerrero as well, the Portuguese international. So um, Dortmund will also be very confident that they've got um, Torgan Hazard back as well, Eden Hazard's younger brother. You see, it's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned Bellingham and Guerrero and the long range straight and clearly we, we, we saw that twice last week, right? It's the the, the potent attacking threat from, from 18, 20, 25 yards is, is, is incredible. Um, and, you know, I think as Rangers fans, we're sitting here, uh, I think that, that sec the second goal that the, that the Portuguese fullback scored for, for Dortmund, um, that changes the dynamic at this time dramatically, particularly in the context of the, the, the scrapping of the away goals rule, right? If, um, if the away goal rule was still in place, Dortmund had to come and score at least three now with no Haaland, um, that's that's a different prospect to where it is now. Score to enforce it to extra time um, and, and possibly penalties. But we saw that that potent long range attacking threat from Dortmund last week with, with two stunning stunning goals from from Bellingham and Guerrero. So um, whilst there's definitely been I think some celebration in our ranks that, that Haaland hasn't travelled. I don't think anyone's under any illusions that, that means that, that Dortmund won't score goals. I mean, particularly given the context of you winning 6 0 at the weekend, whilst we, um, we kind of labored to a 1 1 draw against London United. I must be under no illusions we should have won that game and we should have won that game really, really comfortably with the number of chances we created. Um, but yeah, seeing Dortmund put six past Munchen Gladbach at the weekend doesn't fill us with uh, the ease that we might have been looking for going into tomorrow. There's one one thing that that I think is interesting about the tie from last weekend yeah. is that uh, there's a kind of running say joke maybe it's an insult in Scotland that Rangers are better playing in front of no fans. We won the, we won the league last year um, unbeaten behind closed doors essentially, and and in Dortmund last week there were there were ten thousand there in the stadium could have held eighty thousand. Do you think that that the change in atmosphere could have had an impact, probably more on on the Dortmund players and and how they were maybe up for the game? I think that Ibrox is intimidating um, at, at the best of times and at the worst of times. Um, 
But remember that Dortmund uh, are accustomed to playing in front of 83,000 um, in a regular season, uh, you know, every other week. So um, at the end of the day, most of these players, actually, with the exception of Haaland, will have played in front and Marlon will have played in front of 80,000 before. So um, I think uh, the fact that it's in Glasgow will, um, you know, will will definitely, uh, you know, playing away is always harder as any 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 football team player, any player knows. But uh, at the end of the day, um, I don't think it made that much difference, to be frank. I mean, as you probably noticed, um, anyone who was at Dortmund noticed that um, the Dortmund fans are so vociferous and um, committed and passionate that, you know, um, even with 10,000, they made uh, they made a racket and they they made themselves heard. And and you'll also see quite a good travelling uh, yellow, black and yellow army coming to Ibrox tomorrow. I, I don't know if you started seeing any any of the fans in Glasgow, but I would predict that you'll certainly um, have more than the 500 allocated, perhaps six, 700. And, um, you know, I remember going to Arsenal versus Dortmund uh, a couple of years ago uh, in the um, Champions League. And uh, the Dortmund fans just sang and drowned out the Arsenal fans throughout the whole uh, stadium, uh, throughout the whole game. So at the end of the day, it just depends whether the ultras have actually travelled or not. Um, they were they were over in um, Amsterdam for the Ajax game, which we unfortunately lost. I think it was 4-1. But um, when the ultras are there, they just basically just sing and chant throughout the whole game. Um, and so they'll make themselves heard. But obviously, 50,000 at Ibrox is going to be pretty intimidating, yes. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I suspect this is just given the context of the tie that that we probably certainly didn't expect to be in this position. Um, it's it's going to be a, a very very special atmosphere. I think everyone can predict that right now. It's going to be a very very special noisy atmosphere tomorrow. Um, I, I'm sorry, Gary. It sounds like you're probably not going to be able to make it, but uh, someone I'm sure will be sort of in your seat and, and cheering them on for you. Um, the, the, the final question I have for you, Ben, is, I guess it's really putting you on the spot, but if you're there representing Dortmund fans and, and, and Dortmund media, how confident are you guys? I mean, clearly you have such uh, you know, history and prestige in European competition over the last couple of decades in particular, of real success. Um, Dortmund are undoubtedly one of the modern powerhouses of European and, and world club football. Um, and, and Rangers have had a decade of turbulence and, and struggles and this this has marked a real I, I guess for us a, a, a real moment of significance of, of really re-emerging at the top of the European stage but um, Rangers and Dortmund are at different stages of their of, of their respective journeys so given the context of the scrapping of the away goal through given the context of, of, of us being a couple of goals ahead but um, Dortmund certainly having a, a squad that on paper is is better than that of Rangers how confident are you guys feeling ahead of tomorrow? Well, obviously, I can't speak for the team. I don't really know. I only follow the press and I write articles. I mean, I I, um, I, I wrote an article saying that essentially, if uh, RB Leipzig, who are carrying a uh, uh, one uh, two two uh, from the first leg uh, against Real Sociedad and Borussia Dortmund, uh, travel to Rangers uh, with a two goal deficit, um, if those two German clubs go out. Uh, that would leave only Bayern and Frankfurt and Leverkusen in European tournaments, which would be, you know, which would be a pretty poor performance by the German clubs overall. And um, you'd have to say that uh, you'd expect either Leipzig and Dortmund or 
either or basically to go through. I think one of those two is going to go through tomorrow. Um, and um, I think, you know, Dortmund, they haven't got the best lineup. Basically, they're playing 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, I think the problem is in particular is, is really that you've got Emre Chan in, in the back line rather than in, in um, the centre of midfield and defensive midfield where he needs to be. Um, it's a relatively toothless side with only Daniel Marlin. He's only playing with one forward, essentially. Um, I, it just really depends. I mean, I think if Rangers basically play their game and they're very, very solid um, and solid defending and they play typical British style of, of football, then I think Dortmund may struggle to uh, to get to get to get a goal in um, an early goal in, which is what they're going to be looking for. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be that confident, but if I had to put a prediction on it, then I would say that it'll probably go all the way to penalties um, extra time, because I think Dortmund will probably manage to get an early goal in, which they're reasonably capable of. I think probably Rangers may get a goal in as well, and Dortmund may get another. But again, you've got a comfortable lead, let's say a reasonably comfortable lead. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very tricky, um, the whole thing. It's going to be drawn out. Um, and remember that German teams are always, as England have found out so many times uh, over, over the decades, Eng um, you know, the Germans are good at taking penalties. So yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky, I think. But I think the teams are reasonably well matched because, um, in my view, um, British football at the moment is well ahead in terms of um, dealing with the pandemic and also the general form. Um, and if you look at basically, you know, the, the British clubs, I mean, you've still got every, every British club that went into Europe this season, apart from Tottenham Hotspurs, has gone through... Um, to the next round. So um, at the end of the day, you know, um, I think the English and Scottish clubs are in pretty good shape at the moment. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly feels that way. Look, we've had, uh, I think, four years now, four successive years of making Europa League group stages, three years of, of getting out of those groups, hopefully three years in succession of, of making the last 16. There's a real feeling at Rangers now, if, if we can get through tomorrow, uh, okay, maybe with the exception of, of Barcelona, then we have on paper knocked out the hardest team left in this competition. Um, there's no reason why we can't go. We can't go further. I'm not saying we want to draw a Napoli or, or or someone along those lines, but there are teams that we don't need to fear anymore. If we can get past Dortmund, um, who knows? Who knows? It's a it's a very significant year for us. It's our 150th anniversary. It marks 10 years from the you know, kind of pinnacle of our financial issues and, and demotion to the, uh, the, the the bottom tier of Scottish football. And it's um, it feels to us like one of these times where everything's coming together really, really nicely to be something special. So, look, um, Ben, we've taken up enough of your time. I just want to say again, a massive thank you for, for giving up your evening to, to give us the benefit of your insight and wisdom. Um, we will let you go. It's, it's that kind of awkward thing where I'm going to say goodbye and try not to wish you luck for tomorrow because... I just can't wish you luck, but uh, whatever happens, um, it's, it's been a real pleasure talking to you and, and thank you for, for taking the time. Thanks and uh, congratulations on the way you guys came back from the third division and worked your way up again. It was a, it was a struggle and um, yeah, it's good to see, uh, good to see one of the top clubs in Britain back, um, back where it should be and uh, all the best, all the best for the game. May the best team win, as they say. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much, Ben. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. Right, Gary, some really, really interesting stuff there. Um, and it's it's kind of whetted my appetite for, for tomorrow's game. Are you I take it you're gonna you're gonna miss tomorrow then if you're stuck at home isolated. I wouldn't have been going anyway, but I'll be watching it on the television as as always. There we, there we go. Good stuff, good stuff. Um 
I'm kind of trying to get my head around what tomorrow means for Rangers. I mean, no one expected us to be in a position of, of, of holding two goals, um, a two-goal advantage over Dortmund. We, I think when I spoke to, to Alec last week on the, on the preview show, we were talking about let's try and keep it close. Um, let's try and, and stay in touch uh, and have something to play for when we get back to Ibrox. So we've, we've more than got something to play for. We've got something to lose now. And that changes the, the, the dynamic of the tie. Um, let's... Let's think about how we might line up tomorrow, Gary. We we spoke last week at length about the defensive crisis, about do we go with Calvin Bassey, does Borna Barisic play? Um, Leon Balogun did the press conference today and, and announced that he is fit and he's ready, he's raring to go. Uh, do you see him slotting straight back in or do you just go with the same back four as we had last week? I think uh, Balogun's got to start just purely for experience. I know it sounds an old-fashioned kind of way to look at it, but for me, his experience is invaluable tomorrow. Um, and saying that I play uh, Bassey left back just purely because on form I think he's a better left back at the moment and I think he's a bit more defensively sound as well over uh, Barisic You see I, I, I agree um, Barisic is it, it almost feels like this season he's gone do you remember when he first signed him from Ossiek and it just never really felt like he got going and we spoke it's about it, and I don't understand exactly. why Exactly that. He's a confidence player. Was it was it last season or the season before that he was low on confidence and then he scored the belter of three kickets in there? And, yeah. And it, it, it flipped for the guy. And he was... But, I mean, look, there are confidence players and that's that's fine, but it's such an extreme with him, isn't it? And and playing arrangers with the demands of that. Um, we've seen with him, we've seen sort of personal highs and lows. And uh, I think I agree with you, Calvin Bassey. He's less experienced, but he's, he's done a very solid, respectful job. At, yeah, if you just go performances, Calvin Bassey's a better player at the moment. It's simple yeah. as that. Like I, I remember, uh, I was at the, the Malmo game, uh, at the one at Ibrox, and Barisic was that bad. I actually felt sorry for the guy. It was just everything he yeah. was trying wasn't coming off. And like, it looked like he was ready to burst into tears in the middle of the park because he, he knew himself he wasn't playing. So yeah. I just, I don't know what he needs to do to try and get back to the formula last season. That's it. That's it. Um, let's think then uh, on the squad still no uh, Aaron Ramsey. He's confirmed again today. He's not even going to make the bench tomorrow. Uh, is this starting to look like a, a bit of a mistake bringing this guy in? We knew about his injury records. Clearly not fit. He's um, he's not been able to play ninety minutes. He's, he's not made appearances the last couple of games. Um, are we going to sort of lift to regret the outlay on this one? I think we'll, we'll know that at the end of the season. Um, at the end of the day, if we win the league and Aaron Ramsey even plays a tiny part of that, it's been worth the gamble. Yeah. But to be honest, it's even if Aaron Ramsey was fit tomorrow, does he start? Because I don't, I can't see how you can replace Lundstrom, Jack and Arfield and Ebo, whoever it may be that's playing the midfield as well. And at this moment in time, Aaron Ramsey can't get in your, your start 11. Mm-hmm. And it's because other players are playing better, which is maybe yeah. one of the reasons we bring in that level of player to lift everybody. So if that, that works and ends up getting us over the line, then great. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Look, let's let's go back to tomorrow's tie and the way that it's, that it's balanced. Um, I referenced a few minutes ago there with Ben, the, the away goal rules being scrapped. Um, it feels to me like that could potentially have a really sort of sizing shift on, on, I guess, the, the way that the game is balanced. Um, do you think this is something, I was actually speaking to Colin recently and, he says that the scrapping of the away goal rules, it, it harms the kind of smaller club or the, the less favoured club in this situation, which, which is us. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that it changes the dynamic tomorrow? 
I guess just the way you look at it, to be honest, like Rangers effectively got to the European final, uh, scoring away goals or, or banking on away goals in 2008. Yeah. Turn it on yeah, side, that, you can uh, turn I mean, around and say that it's, uh, it makes it a lot simpler. Like, we know what we need to do. The, the yeah. mentality is there that you, you can rely on that, if you know what I mean. A lot of teams you might find, well, can, we've got the, those away goals, but uh, if, if, if that was still the case and Dortmund scored an early goal tomorrow, the away goals are out the window for me because it's, we know we need to win or score yeah. a goal or whatever it may be. Yeah. To me, it's, it makes it simple. Yeah, no, you're right. And actually, we, I, I think even, obviously, we, we went there put four past them. Even the performance at the weekend, we created so many chances. I don't know if anyone's fussed by XG, but our XG was off the charts. Our expected goals, I should say, was, was, was off the charts. We created a lot and we created a lot last week against Dortmund. So, I wasn't impressed by their defending last week. I mean, Gio and, and, and his staff had clearly identified weaknesses in their defensive shape and, and, and knew how to exploit that. And you could see that in the um, second Morelos goal, given as an, as an own goal, and, um, and John Lundstrom's goal as well. We knew how to exploit that defence. So I, I sincerely believe that we'll score tomorrow. I think we'll concede. I think if anyone's sort of into, into betting, I think the smart money's on both teams to score. Um, please don't take that as a tip because it'll never come true. Um, but I think you're right. We know what we need to do. It does. It, it does remove, a, I guess, a mathematical or a more calculated approach to the game. But if they score this, then we need to score that. No, simple. Just win. Just score a goal and get it over the line. Um, I, I guess the, the question, as I was saying to, to Ben a few moments ago, if we do beat Dortmund and we do get Dortmund out of the way, Possibly with the exception of Barcelona, they're the biggest club left in the competition. Maybe not necessarily the best or the strongest this year. But if we push Dortmund out of the way, is there any reason, playing devil's advocate here, to suggest that we couldn't go one, two, three steps further than we have in the past few years? Well, but I've seen you had this question on the agenda. I kind of looked at it a wee bit. And see, at the minute, we're just going with the bookies. Dortmund are still favourite. Uh, yeah. More favourites to win the trophy than us. And we're fourth to up the, the thing. But uh, you've got Leon, Leipzig, Betis, Porto, Leverkusen, Lazio. We're all teams that we've played, Celtics played in the last couple of years, and we've never been embarrassed by any of them. Yeah. A uh, lucky the draw, can play as well as we can play, look for a bit of luck. There's no reason we couldn't go another couple of rounds. I don't think we'll win anything right enough, I'm not saying that. But uh, anyway, our league is a priority. All, all this is a bonus, it's lovely, I enjoy it. But uh, league's a priority, but if you're... If you ask me, there's no reason that lucky the draw we can get to a quarter final or semi final here. Yeah, no, I think I think you're absolutely right. And um, look, the teams that you've rattled off there, I I made this point to Eck last week. We are essentially looking at kind of a last sixteen of the Champions League being played out in the Europa League. Most of those clubs, the, the, the Leons, the Portos, the Leipzig's, um, Barcelona, Dortmund, these are Champions League teams that are playing out in, in the Europa League. Um, and it's the Europa League's a great competition. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a really it is a, a phenomenal competition to watch and to be involved in. It's given us some excellent memories over the past few years. Absolutely, it looks like ideally the the, the best memory is, is twenty four hours away. But um, it, it feels I kind of sounds like a cliche, and Ek and I spoke about it last week. But one hundred fiftieth anniversary, ten years on from the events of, of, of twenty twelve, um, it feels like the moment for Rangers to. We've had some some wonderful times over the past few years with the results against Benfica, against Porto, um, against Braga, against um, Legia Warsaw. I mean, that was obviously just to get into the groups. Uh, same with Galatasaray. 
but those were phenomenal results for us at that time. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels like it's all kind of culminating towards something special. And I'm like you, I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate with this question a wee bit. I'm not saying we're going to win the Europa League because we're better than Dortmund. Um, but there's no reason for us anymore to fear these teams. And I it was. I think if we were to win, it should be a, a hell of a confidence booster for your players saying yeah. that you can go toe to toe with anybody. Yeah. And it, it, it comes back to that old cliche as well as when we get pulled out of the, the hat, whether it's in the next round or it's next year or whatever, like, when we get pulled out of that hat, we are the name that others want to avoid now. We are not kind of a, a, a weak link or a whipping boy of this competition. Um, we've shown that with our results over the past four years that we are we're more than willing to, to take anyone on and and uh, and stand toe to toe with them. And it, it's been a I think the last week you've seen the amount of media coverage that they just got over that result. Um, living down here in London, folk congratulating you on the result. It's it's mental. It's absolutely mad. So. A really, really exciting time, and it all—it just feels like one of these things where everything's kind of coming together. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the style that, that we're actually playing, and we have played since Gerard came in. Like when, when we played the Walter Smith, kind of like, we're, we're not kidding ourselves. We we rode our luck a lot of times. It was yeah. one tactic, and see, one season it worked, and it was brilliant. One of the best seasons I've ever had following Rangers. But the way we actually play football now is we can go to toe to toe with, with the best of the teams, and we've done it. Can it's, it's yeah. not a us just saying that kind of the, the facts are there we've had the results yeah yeah. if you were to get a, a Barcelona or whatever in the next round if we go through I wouldn't have any great fears yeah no you're absolutely right um, I certainly don't think there's anyone out there to embarrass us at this stage anymore um, we spoke to, to Ben a moment ago about Haaland being missing um, and he was also saying to us before we came on air that um, he does feel that their their attacking options are, are severely limited. Haaland scores more than thirty percent of the goals for that club. Um, how significant yeah, that, that, that was a few years ago. Well, that's, that was actually as he was saying. It, it, there were parallels. Morelos, when Morelos was out of form two or three years ago, it, it really dried up the goals for the whole club. But even psychologically, do you think that that can have a positive impact if Rangers players knowing that we're not going to come up against them? Yeah, possibly, possibly. All the days look at last week. And they can see what yeah. kind of team are without him. But I certainly think if he's in their starting eleven, it would maybe make certain players worry a wee bit at the back. Yeah. And he's one of the best players in the world, so the fact that he's not there definitely helps us cause. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it does. And I guess that, that brings me to my final question, same one that I ended for for Ben is how confident do you feel? How optimistic should we be ahead of tomorrow? As long as we didn't hear any brain farts in the first 15, 20 minutes, which. I can, can I, realistically, I could see us losing a, a 30 yard screamer in the first five, five, ten minutes, and uh, then it's back to the walls, and we start panicking, the crowd starts yeah. panicking, all the usual stuff. But if we keep it tight, and it says that if Gio keeps going to protect the zero, as long, see, as long as he doesn't defend, 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 invite them, we need to score a goal. And if we get the, that first goal, can I, I'll be quite confident we'll go through. Yeah. I, I fully agree. I think you're absolutely right. We, we, could, we could see the, a screamer in five minutes, we could. Uh, have an individual error at the back that, that, that costs us and if we do we can see that early goal um, It's still in the crowd as well because it's a, a big crowd that'll be noisy if they can silence the crowd really early yeah. players will feel that wee bit so the crowd really needs so. to stay on their, on their side But look what an opportunity for that, that tomorrow presents to us and, and the crowd has a, a huge part to play in that this could be I mean think back to the, the 90th minute winner against Legio Warsaw to qualify into the groups um, think back to that night against Porto where Morelos lets the ball run across his body and belters it into the bottom corner. 
Um, we've had some phenomenal, phenomenal European leagues. I think. Yeah, there's been there's been so much, so much good stuff. Tomorrow could could tip a lot of them, knocking out one of the genuine sort of bona fide giants of modern European football, bringing them back uh, to our as well, or 2000, whenever it was. Exactly, exactly. There's so much, so much history to this. Dortmund, as as I pointed out last week, Dortmund struggled to beat Rangers. Um, whether that's in the 60s, right through to today, Dortmund struggled to beat us. Um, and I think the crowd have a huge part to play. So if everyone that's listening is going tomorrow, it's about support. It's about being noisy. It's about intimidating the Dortmund uh, players who last week didn't look like they wanted to be there when their own crowd started to turn on them. Um, and enjoy it. Just enjoy it because it could be a really, really special moment in a really special year for Rangers. So... But I think that's, that's probably enough from us. Um, we've looked at the tactics, we've looked at the lineups, and we've, we've discussed the tie in general. And it's really shaping up to be a, a really special, special night at Ibrox. I'll say a, a big thanks to Gary for giving up his, his Wednesday evening and, and coming and joining us, and, and to Ben as well from uh, who joined us earlier on from the uh, Bruce Dortmund Fan Club London and, and the, the podcast that goes by the same name. If anyone has any kind of interest in, in German football and British Dortmund beyond this time, please do check out the, the British Dortmund Fan Club London podcast, uh, available in English. Um, it's, there's some, some really, really good stuff on there, and, and please do go in and check that out. The Jersnet podcast will, of course, be back at the weekend. We'll be looking back at the Dortmund game. We'll also be uh, talking about what goes on at the weekend's football as we return to uh, domestic action. So please do join us for that. That'll be Sunday at 9.30pm on the Jersnet channel, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, it's always, of course, available for download first thing on a Monday morning. That's wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, make sure you just uh, follow the YouTube, the, the Jersnet Twitter page. All of the updates will be there. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you don't miss a thing. As I say, the show will be back on Sunday. Let's enjoy the game tomorrow. And until then, bye for now.